You know the vibes. Welcome <laughs> back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Momutsi, alongside me is always the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm just learning. Today is just, I'm just getting educated. I'm just getting educated. <laughs> so, and uh, it's all good. It's all good. Real names, no gimmicks. And, yes, sir. Uh, you just, hey, Mo's just teaching today, and I'm just, I'm just learning. Well, well, I wanted to get your perspective on something today, you know, because we often talk about the game of basketball and, and people make these mock trades and free agency as if it's a video game. Um, and if you do want to play a video game, 2K24 link is in the description. However, there is a very human element to the NBA. And an interview came out today from Damian Lillard, where he says he's not very happy in Milwaukee, not basketball wise, not with the Bucks, but in terms of his personal life. He says, I go to practice, I go home, I watch boxing, I play video games. I type in fight hype on YouTube a hundred times, praying for something new to be on there. I don't have much of a life here, but what that's what comes with making a big boy decision. You've got to get down and figure that out. BJ, how much of a difference does it make being an NBA player in a city like Milwaukee, which is notoriously boring compared to being an NBA player in Miami, which is where Dame wanted to go to? Well, you know, it's, it's pretty fascinating, you know, when you hear things today, it's just like I, I like that's a, like I I happen to just I I, I listened to that I saw I saw a clip I got you, you saw in. the interview I was yeah on, yeah I saw the interview so I was like God that's an interesting statement but like that's an interesting statement to me and so I was like right, I'm gonna listen to the interview and after I heard the interview I was like oh that that was clickbait <laughs> that's how that's uh, Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right. If, if you look at it, you play in a you play in a city like Miami, for instance, or you play in Milwaukee. Like during the year, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I got a job to do. Like, I don't know when, but maybe it's different now. I tried to play in eighty two games. <laughs> Recovery was part of my preparation. Okay. What I mean by recovery, like, okay, I let's say I live in a place like Miami. I've been to Miami. I get it. There's the beach, there's great restaurants there. Whatever it is you want to do is there. But if I'm playing and I'm dedicated to my profession, I'm not going to the beach. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not you know, hanging out at the club to two in the morning, knowing I got a game the next night. I I don't know how you are enjoying the city. Like you say, what are you trying to do? Like I go to practice at 10. Practice is going to, I probably get done with my routine, but two I'm going to try to get off my feet. At least, at least a couple hours, I would imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would at least that's four or five. Grab me a nice meal, relax, because I know I got a game the next night. I'm traveling. I'm packing my bag. I'm. I don't. What are you trying to do? Like I don't get what this. Like what are you trying to do? Like, like I've had friends who played in L.A. Like the only people that got sucked into the whole L.A. scene were the young guys who didn't have enough experience to realize that oh I got a game the next night like. Mm. 
as a vet. And also, you spend 50% of the season on the road. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like I don't understand. Like, I don't understand this concept of, oh, I play in an exciting city or I play in. No, like most of my time was in a gym. I could have been anywhere during the season. I could be anywhere now in the summertime. Yeah, I went out a little bit, enjoyed the city a little bit, did things because I had enough time to do it. But during the season, it didn't matter if I was, it didn't matter to me. Does it? Because do, I was on the road, traveling, doing what I was doing. Does it weigh into free agency decisions? How much does that weigh in the city that it is? Because, you know, a team like the Celtics, no matter how good they are notoriously, they don't get good free agents wanting to sign there. Same with other small markets or colder weather temperatures. You see the big free agents always want to yeah. sign in LA or Miami or maybe even New York for their branding purposes. Well, again, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm just cursed. I came into this league and I got a little taste of winning. And once I got a little taste of it, I'm stuck there. I don't care where I play. You can put me anywhere as long as I win. That that is that's just how I'm wired now. But that's how I've always played. I've always played with that idea. I just wanted to win. Didn't really matter. I always wanted to just win. Do I think it? Do I think it matters? You know, when you have a good team, it's amazing to me how all of a sudden the small markets become destinations. <laughs> okay. It, it always amazing to me. It, it amazes me when you have a, a great player that plays in a small market like a Cleveland or now you see Milwaukee and you start seeing guys. I don't think it matters, but to but some, you, it may matter. Do you, say, may. you say that it, it matters, but like Milwaukee have got Giannis there and Dame did not want to go there. He wanted to go to Miami, even though Miami's team is worse than Milwaukee's team. Well, when I when I when I look at you know, I just have to tell it like I see it. You know, guys say a lot of things. People say a lot of things. All right, if I want to go to Miami, don't sign with the team that you signed with. <laughs> you you know how to do it. You yep. know how to do it. If you if I said, Hey, Mo, I, I want to come to London, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. Then pull up. <laughs> if you if you want to go to Miami, you know how to get there. If, if, if that's you. Yes. You go there. No harm. No foul. Good for you. See you in Miami. Sounds good. But you do. You do one thing. Then you, then you say something else. They're not lined up. So to me. All right. You know how to get to Miami. That's what you want to do. Everybody knows how to get. If you really want to go to a place, you just play it out. Like, and that's your prerogative. That's your. Yeah. Or you play it out. And the year before free agency, like what Anthony Davis did before he became a free agent, he said, I want to go to LA, trade me to LA, or I'm going to leave for nothing in the summer. He didn't sign the extension in New Orleans and then say with four or five years remaining on his contract. Now I want to go and play in LA. Right. You you do that. And now the team probably will say, well, I don't want to lose you for nothing. I don't want to draft this guy with the number one pick. And then four years later, five years later, whatever the case may be, I can't recall that situation. 
you don't want to lose that for nothing. So all the other teams are like, well, we're not going to trade for him because he's not going to sign with us. Mm-hmm. So now you basically, that's your only option. If you feel that is your only option, you know, you, you can make whatever choice you want to do. However, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think I've been around long enough now. I like call guys out on it. If, if, if you want to go someplace, that's your prerogative. Go there. But when you start signing and then, well, I got a whatever, whatever the case may be, three-year sign or four-year extension, and then all of a sudden you want to go there, it's like, well, I mean, you can say anything. I, mean, I don't have a problem with saying it, but this is business now. Now the business is, you signed the deal, and then all of a sudden you had a change of heart after you signed the deal. Mm. Like That's just so- what it is. Let me ask you this on a more personal note. Um, when the NBA had their expansion draft and you got picked by the Toronto Raptors, you not wanting to play in Toronto, was that mm-hmm. more of basketball reasons rather than just not wanting to be in Toronto, the city? The city I love. Like, Toronto was one of the greatest places. I mean, listen, as far as the city, the people, the organization, it was fantastic. It was just a different timeline where I was at in my career that's particular time it was just basketball it wasn't it had nothing to do with the city had nothing to do with the team or anything other than they were just on a different timeline they were like you know they were a few years away from trying to win not that you're going to win from trying to win they had a plan right it wasn't called tanking it was just hey we're going to accumulate as many high draft picks as we possibly can to get that's normally where the best players are at and then build for the future. Well, I wasn't in a future at that stage of my yeah. career. <laughs> it just, that was it. It had nothing to do. I mean, honestly, when I went up there, it was a tough decision because I love the city. And I've said this many a time, probably one of the mistakes I've probably made was not just, sticking that out because I love the city so much. And you can see, you can see the, the excitement for the fan base that's up there. You, it was obvious when you went up there, it was going to work. It just wasn't the right timing at that at my, for my career, mm. but I, I enjoyed the city and you know, Mo, you, you've been with me. I'm a food person and Hell you're yeah. talking about food and culture and music and more. I, 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 now you say the vibes and uh, it's good vibes up there. I, I know Toronto. a couple of good vibes in Toronto too. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> Great vibes. Okay. Great vibes. All right. I went up there in the summer and it was like, Hell yeah. It, it was like fantastic. I mean, I'm all about Toronto. People ask me about one of my favorite cities. Hey, we the North. I understand. Did, did you hit okay. the Carabana? The, the carnival hey, they have in the summer? Hey, I'm trying, hey, like I'm saying, all I'm going to say is this. You say you know the vibe. <laughs> I don't have no problems with Toronto. <laughs> okay. I feel you, dog. Okay, I, I don't you. have no problems with Toronto. Toronto, hey, that's a beautiful... I love Canada. Like, you know, Vancouver was incredible. All right? I don't have a problem up there. It was just a different time. Like I said, I always tried to just focus on winning. And that's all I wanted was a chance. And if you give me a chance, I would have gone anywhere. And that's just what it is. But as far as fun, fun factor, 
man, I can't imagine how much fun it would be to win in a city like Toronto. Because you got a whole country behind you, right? Uh, I well, mean, we saw that when they won the championship in 2019. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, Unbelievable I just, scenes. I, I just, that, that was, and any player I've ever had up there, they're like, oh, wow, you come to visit a lot. Like, I'm, I'm always, <laughs> <laughs> the food mode is incredible. Incredible, incredible food. And you know, I'm a foodie, foodie, foodie. Mm-hmm. That place, I just eat. Mm-hmm. I just work out and eat. That's all I do. I don't even go to Same, the games. I just for work out and eat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as Dame Lillard is not too happy off the court in Milwaukee. He can by the way, happy. I want to say this about oh, Milwaukee. Go ahead, go ahead. Say this. Milwaukee has low-key, low-key good food up there. I'm not buying it. Oh, no, no, I'm no. lactose intolerant. I need all that cheese up in Milwaukee. No, 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 no. Low-key, very underrated. Okay. Low-key. Well, they I better get back you. to the finals so we can go check it out, uh, huh? How about that, Giannis? Low, low, and good culture up there. Great museums. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's so bad. close. It was so close to Chicago. So I, I got a chance to explore. Okay, okay. Up there. Yeah. So no, it, well, it's 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 really it's low key a really, really nice city. Yeah. The only problem is just so close to Chicago. You know, you're comparing it, mm. but it's it has everything, everything you need is in the mill, as we oh, call it up oh, there. What? Everything, hey Bo. Everything you need in the meal. Shout out to the meal. I mean, <laughs> like you know, when, hey, when hey, I was in Cancun, hey, I made some friends from Milwaukee. That's what I'm gonna say on that. But hey, I never visited. Hey, I never hey, visited. If you want to see me, I'll be trust in Cancun. Me, trust me on this one. <laughs> trust me on this. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Milwaukee, right, Dame not too happy off the court, but on the court. Milwaukee Bucks are now eight and eight. They're back up to 500 since firing Adrian Griffin. Under Adrian Griffin, they had the 22nd ranked defense in the NBA. Under Doc Rivers now, they're up to sixth. BJ, is there enough time now between basically the start of March until the playoffs for them to really step it up a gear and make a serious run at this thing in the playoffs? Because they've added some, uh, obviously, Jay Crowder coming back from injury and Patrick Beverly. They've kind of bolstered their defense a little bit. And what I like about Doc Rivers is that he's switching up their defense. You know, some games they'll play in a drop. Some games like against the Mavs, against Luca, they'll hedge. You know, they're, they're playing a lot of different things. Some games, I think the Timberwolves, they've been switching a lot. Um, do you think they've got enough in them now to make a serious run? Or is this more of a, we're going to build momentum now and then next season we're going to go at it? Well, as you know, Mo, I'm, I'm rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks. So we hope, we hope. We don't. That they can figure it out. You do. Well, I don't. I hope. I hope that they can figure it out. I really do. I, I hope they can figure it out. I love Giannis, Brooke Lopez. You know, I, I never want to see anyone get fired. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I have to admit, I'm a little saddened by what happened with Adrian Griffin. However, you know, I'm friends with Adrian and I'm also friends with Doc. You know what I mean? So it's like a, I'm really sad about one. And then Doc comes in they're trying to figure it out i will say this when you're playing in this league for quite some time and i saw this when i was on good teams one of the more difficult transitions that people don't talk about in the nba is the following being a good player on a mediocre team or a bad team is quite different than being a good player 
on a great team or a team that's expected to win a championship. The most fascinating thing about this trade, which I've said in private, I've never said this publicly. The, the Dame trade. Was the Damian Lillard trade to me. And the reason that's an interesting trade to me is because as a guard, Mo, unlike as a big guy, there isn't a lot of room for error, meaning you can be tall in this league, lose a step, but you can counter that loss of speed and quickness with size and strength, right? So Giannis can be tall, athletic, and then suddenly he can change his game, but still be a top two or three player in this league and just mm -hmm. change the way he plays a little bit, all right? As a guard, once you lose a step, a smaller guard, very rarely can you change the way you play unless you are a guard who earlier in your career, you were doing a lot of driving. And then later in your career, you shot a lot of threes. A yeah, Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very rarely, but he wasn't a little guy. He was actually six, four, six, five. So, you know, you, you, he, he had a little bit more room for error than us little guys. Yeah. Okay. What's fascinating about Damian, the Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard trade was the following. He was traded for an elite defensive player who was a championship caliber player. Already proven in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is an anchor on the defensive end. I don't care how you slice it, how you dice it. He is an anchor on the defensive end, and he has proven that he can shut down, not defend. He is capable of shutting down an opposing team's elite all-defensive guard. He's shown that, and he can do it through an entire series. He can do it for one game. He's capable. He is a rock on the defensive end. Now, offensively, we know what Dame could do. And I hope Dame is listening because to me, this has been the, the this has been the challenge. And I said I was going to give normally Mo, I give you 25 games mm -hmm. to figure out who you are. But I said, and I remember this, Mo, when I would see players get traded to our team who were really good players on other teams in my heyday when I played on a championship caliber team. It normally takes those guys. 60 to 65 games before they finally figure out, oh, this is a little different. You practice a little different. You're playing in a game a little different. What's the difference in the game? You play a little different, Mo, in, in, in certain areas or certain places in the country. For instance, you'll play the Lakers a little different. The, 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 the energy is a little different. When you go to Madison Square Garden, the energy is a little different. When you're playing against the best team in the league, the energy is a little different. When you, at one point, I don't know if it's the same now, but when you used to walk into the old Boston Garden, it was a little different, Mo. Mm -hmm. I don't care if they were good, bad. You know, when I first went out and walked so, on the So does that the affect old... the style of play on the court then? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Damian Lillard, is, in my opinion, he's just beginning to realize how to accept the other team's best effort. Because when you are in the lower half of the league, you're actually evaluating yourself 
against the Milwaukee Bucks. He's never had that in, in Portland. You didn't go to Portland going, oh, man, that's the team. <laughs> I got, I'm going to measure myself for that game. For the most part, you're saying, I'm going to try to, you know, steal. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm going to steal this win out here tonight. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? I hear you. So Damian Lillard, in my opinion, he's just finally coming around to the fact that he has to be up for every single game now. And he's taking the other team's best effort, not the other guard's best effort. He's always did his matchup. Him and Russell Westbrook, for instance, that's a matchup. Him and Damian Lillard, that's a matchup. It's different now when you have the team. You follow what I'm saying, Mo? I don't, I think that was the most under appreciated thing about the trade that no one talked about is when you are coming to a team that's on a championship caliber level, that's why I think the transition for the Celtics has been so smooth in the regular season because Drew Holiday has been doing this for the last Even two Porzingis hasn't. But we're not asking Porzingis to be in the top two or three for a team. We're not asking I, Porzingis to carry a team. You can make the case that Porzingis is their second, maybe third best player. I'll say it again. We're not asking him to carry the team. But neither is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was without question. There, if he's not carrying all, the team, though. Okay, I, I want to. When he was with the Milwaukee Bucks, he was arguably the second most important player on the team. Yes. Defensively, right now for the Boston Celtics, I can assure you this. When it gets thick over there in Boston in the playoffs, Drew Holiday will be in. <laughs> Drew Holiday will be the front line guy on the defensive end for that group. He will be. Why? Because we know we're going to need stops. We know we're going to have to defend some guard at some level. And the way he plays, he might even defend. I've seen him defend Embiid. I've just seen this guy. Yep, He'll yep. defend Giannis. He's defending the bigs, yeah. He's done to defend it. This guy is a foundational player. When they won in the finals, I mean, this guy guarded Devin Booker. He guarded Chris Paul. He guarded everybody. So we're hoping that Porzingis, I hope that the Porzingis shows up. I really do. He, if you talk about a guy with a question mark, you and I had this with, with our good friend Parking Lot Perry. There's only more so than the Celtics. Porzingis has the biggest question mark on his back than any player entering into the playoffs mm -hmm. because of what you just said, Mo. He's been fantastic. I mean, you talk about a great trade. I mean, this could put them, this should put their front office in, you know, executives of the year. But Mo, when you get to the playoffs, the Celtics are used to like cashing in on, on the deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he's going to perform, Mo. No, ne neither do you or me or anyone else. But th this is going to be fascinating to watch. However, I know what Jason Tatum is going to do. I know what Jalen Brown is going to do. Do you know from Milwaukee what Damian Lillard is going to do now with these I, expectations? I, I, I don't know. That. Hey, Mo, I don't know. That's what I'm saying, Mo. That's why I've given, I've held on to this for quite some time because I know how difficult it is to go from 
playing with expectations. Playing with expect like you asked a, a fascinating question, and I and I didn't answer it the way I really want to answer. You said who, who, what team has the biggest expectations? And I and I was and I thought about it, and and I know I, you and I was joking about your Celtics, but you know who the team who has the most expectations to me? Milwaukee. No. I the said Denver Phoenix. Nuggets. Oh, you said yeah, you Denver said, Nuggets. Oh, the defending champs. I, 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 never, I, I didn't. You and I got on a, some weird yeah. playing around with the, <laughs> with the Celtics. But the Denver Nuggets, and here's why. The Denver Nuggets, as you know, Mo, I, I say this all the time. You need depth to go and make a playoff run. Mm. The Denver Nuggets are minus two, not one, two in very important pieces for them just a year ago. Bruce Brown was sensational. Jeff Green, <laughs> hey, those were two phenomenal pieces for them that played quality closing minutes for them in the NBA Finals. You're down those two players, Mo, and we're still saying we're expecting the Denver Nuggets to come out of the West. Think about that, Mo. Mm -hmm. You can lose two of your top eight players, and we are still saying yeah, I think they're going to win it. Now, you know who's carrying that pressure, Mo? Who? Jokic. Of course. That's putting, he already has the book bag on his back. Now you just put a, you put some, you you weighted it down now to the fact Way that invest. this guy, he's got a, <laughs> Mo, he's got, he's like, wait a minute. You, you didn't sign, you didn't even replace these guys. And then you're still saying, hey, we're going to win the championship this year. Yep. And this, and to his credit, the big fella is stepping up to the challenge, him and Jamal Murray. So when you play with that level of expectations, Mo, that's the, the first thing I see is this guy says, I'm going to figure it out no matter what, which I applaud. I think that level of stress, Mo, is much more difficult than sneaking up on people. Well, speaking of sneaking up on people, the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, obviously been at the top of the Western Conference all season long. They're shooting a league best 39.8% from three. They currently have seven different players shooting 40% plus from downtown on two plus attempts a game. Jalen Williams, Lindy Waters the third, Isaiah Joe, Kaysen Wallace, K Kenrick Williams, uh, Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort. And Shea is also shooting 38.9% on 3.4 attempts per game. And Aaron Wiggins is shooting 51% on 1.6 attempts per game. Do you think that is something we'll see maintained in the playoffs? The red hot three-point shooting from such a young team? Well, you know, you, 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 you know what I'm going to say to this. Well, you can already answer the question for me. No, go ahead. Let them know. Listen, this has been one of the one of the greatest turnarounds I've seen. When I say greatest turnarounds, you know, well, there's Traditionally, there's there's steps to this thing called excellence. You know, you just don't go from the outhouse to the penthouse. You know, you you you, you, you gradually improve. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you know you 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 get to the eighth seed, and then the yeah, following year you get to the fourth and sixth yeah. seed, and then you and then you you finally get there. Well, Mo, they were in the play in last year, and now they're what tied for first or tied for second or whatever. The best record in the Western Conference. Yeah, they're tied with Minnesota, 41 and 17. Yes. So when you see that level, when you see that level like of 
In, last season, they won 42 games total. So if they win their next game, they've already surpassed what they did last season. Yeah, so now when you see this type of jump, suddenly now you're saying, all right, they could finish the... I mean, think about it. They could finish the season, the regular season, with the number one seed in the Western Conference. Now they go from just trying to get to into the playoffs... To saying suddenly now, well, we're expecting them to get to the conference finals with no playoff experience. Mm -hmm. Think about that. It's crazy. Okay. You and I both know the game is going to change. That's why they picked up Bismack Biombo. They know. They know this. They don't know how their team is going to respond under duress. They have no playoff experience. These guys are just playing free and, and having a good time. But you don't know who your team really is until you get to a playoff experience. Because once you get to the playoffs, everything you want to know about your group, you're going to find out. Unfortunately or fortunately, they're going, they're going to have expectations. They're not going to get to the playoffs and we're going to go, oh, man, this is great. Every game they win is an experience for them. If they get bounced out in the first round, you and I are going to be saying they were upset. They're the number one seed. <laughs> With no, no experience. There is no expectation, but the, being the number but, one but, seed, but, the number but one there seed, has to be you your number it? one. Exactly. So I think this playoff run, they're way ahead of schedule. But I want to give Sam Presti and his team credit. For understanding what's going to be needed. Now, are they a physical team? No. Do they play a slow, slow down game? No. The fact that he went and got Bismack Biombo lets me know that he's saying, Yeah, we're fun. Yeah, we, we're exciting. Yeah, we play fast. But you know what, guys? <laughs> when it's crunch time. When it's crunch time, we're going to need this guy right here to bang it up, get a little physical, and get down and dirty, mm -hmm. okay? If we're going to advance. Why? Also, it will help Shea but because he's saying solid screens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what you're seeing right now is a change in their culture, and you're seeing an executive saying, I'm not going to mess with what we got going. Clearly, they got something going great right now. Like, they are so far ahead of schedule right now, you can't say a word. However, we both know that that style of play that they're doing right now is not going to advance once they play against a championship caliber team like the Denver Nuggets. Because yeah. the big fella, I don't see anybody on their team other than a Bismack Biombo. No one can stop him. That can even match up with, with respect him. to Biz. That can, no one can stop no, him. No, no one can stop him. But you got to at least be able to match up. Mm. They currently there isn't a player on their team with the exception of Bismack that can even like you could say match up because you can't put Chet on that's just too big of a difference in size and strength you can't do that and that can't be his first or second playoff game playing against that guy right so it's fascinating to watch I'm going to keep a close eye on it but Congrats to them because they've earned it. And it's going to be fascinating to watch them play once the playoffs begin because they're going to be playing now with expectations. 
and I think they lost to New Orleans. Did they lose to New Orleans last year? Was that is that who they lost to? In, in, uh, or did they beat? Play oh no, they beat New Orleans. They beat New Orleans, I think, in the play-in. And then they lost to Minnesota. I, I believe. I believe that's how it went. I yeah, they went to went. the Timberwolves. Timberwolves won that one. Mm-hmm. And then they lost. Yeah, to the they beat the Pelicans. Yeah, they beat the Pelicans. Yeah, so yeah, it should be good. But yeah, let's see. Let's see. I'm excited, man. There's only a couple months left now. We got a. I got Ramadan starting soon, and then it'll be time for oh, the playoffs. So. Oh, I, oh, I love it. I love yes, it. I sir. love it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, that's another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, YouTube, Spotify. Apple, wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you tap in with us and subscribe every day. You can see us online now. You can see us everywhere. YouTube, uh, Instagram, Please. TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. We everywhere. So, you know, join the wave, join the Discord. It's linked in the description. You can also get your copy of NBA 2K24 there. And until tomorrow, get buckets.